What is the No Spin News all about? You know that this is a fact-based analysis news program. You know that. We avoid speculation. We don't do conspiracies here. We don't do party politics here. We're not nonpartisan. That's wrong. Not that. Okay, we are advocates for a stronger America and a more just society. We don't believe in communism. We don't believe in socialism. We don't believe in nihilism. We don't believe in the progressive woke culture. We think it is un-American. We don't support that. So you should know what we are. And it would then crystallize what we do. Listen to the No Spin News. Subscribe to Bill O'Reilly's podcast feed wherever podcasts are available. With what we see in Israel is people coming into our country that want to do the same thing. Our kids are being targeted and our kids are being murdered. You've got sex trafficking, you've got human trafficking happening in our backyards. Eight million people have right. crossed illegally, including you know, at least 200 now from the terrorist watch list. but. It's secure. It absolutely is not. What is going on is disgusting. I'm a father of two young boys, one year old. I mean, that the chilling idea of these, these demons, and they are demons, holding these babies. Nothing short of an attempted second Holocaust, period. Well, good Monday to you. This is the Sean Spicer Show. You know, I was up in New Hampshire all weekend uh, with our candidates at the first in the nation summit. Uh, Trump was actually not at the event. He was in Derry, New Hampshire. But I'm going to talk to you a little bit about that later today. I think it's fascinating where everything is playing out. Needless to say, I'll give you the end first. Uh, it is still Trump's to lose. He is a huge commanding lead up there in New Hampshire. Um, I spoke twice while I was up there. Uh, actually had some time to talk about uh, what's going on in the speaker's race. You'll you'll like this, I think. I had a little fun with it. Take a look. In Washington, we're sitting around having this race for speaker about who's more pure. Let me tell you this. Steve Scalise would have done a great job as speaker. Jim Jordan will do a great job as speaker. By Monday, if we don't get our act together, George Santos will be the nominee. Trust me. It's true, though. And, uh, you know, we've got a lot happening on the speaker's race. If we don't get our act together and get focused on what we really need to be doing in terms of the issues, this thing's going to drag on for way too long. And we're going to lose sight of what we're really supposed to be doing. And that's convincing the American people that we can take back the White House and move this country in the right direction. Um, as I mentioned before, and we'll talk about this with Dave Rubin, but the RNC um, has announced that NBC will host the third debate in Miami. I, I just, there are things that continue to amaze me. Um, why NBC? I mean, is it going to be Chuck Todd, Kristen Welker, Lester Holt, Andrea Mitchell? You tell me. But why, why are we doing this? Why are they doing it? Because we, I'm, I'm not a we. I'm not part of them. Unbelievably, politically, just unexplainable. Uh, but the real horrific story continues to be that one in Israel. You've got over a million people displaced in Gaza. Um, Israel has been pounding Gaza, leaving streets um, so that civilians can get out, urging them to get out. The folks um, in Hamas using innocent civilians uh, as human shields. It's disgusting what's happening. Um, so, uh, you know, 
we're at this place. It's fascinating right now. I think folks on the right, you saw Governor DeSantis, Congressman Corey Mills going in, trying to get people out. The administration is getting just their butts kicked, butts kissed by the media. Everyone's talking about how great Biden's doing. And I, I, I can't believe they were allowing this to happen. Iran emboldened Hamas. They are funding Hamas. This is their shtick. Even Secretary of State Blinken admits this. He gave them $6 billion. Now they've frozen it again. They've empowered Iran. They want to get back into that Iran nuclear deal and acting like somehow that they're going to be okay with this. It's not. This is, Biden is the, is the, is the reason Hamas thought it would be okay to do this. It's the reason that Russia invaded Ukraine. They sense American weakness and China is watching. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. All right, to help us break it all down, Texas Congresswoman Beth Van Dyne. Um, <laughs> I feel like this is like deja vu. Like we had a whole discussion about the speaker's race in January. Like was Kevin going to get it? Then he gets it. Then it's Scalise's turn. Now it's Jim Jordan's turn. So we're sitting here on Monday. Yeah. Does Jim Jordan become the next speaker of the house? Um, it depends how much work he did over this last weekend. You well, know, I was there. I was, was there on fi- Friday. Right. So. so he was at. Yeah. Uh, the reports were fifty-five. There are reports that say he got it done in nineteen. Right. Yeah. But you just need four. Four. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm gonna go talk to him after uh, yeah. after I leave here and say what? I'm, well, what are you with him? Well, this is a question that I've got for Jim. I'm like, Jim, man, you've been a bulldog on this impeachment inquiry. You right. have been a bulldog on investigations over the last 10 years. Like, I want to see the Jim Jordan 10 years ago. I want you to be as much of a bulldog as you're being on these investigations on spending and on the border. But and that's you, the question that I've you, got right I now. I mean, I don't, I'll be, I mean, I can answer that. I don't think that, I mean, I think on the border and on spending, He's not going to have a problem on that. You'd think. But what are the plans that the, the plan that he put forward last week that I think kind of shocked a lot of the fiscal conservatives, yeah. myself included, was the, the plan that he moved forward last week was he wanted to have a clean CR, which is a clean right. continuing resolution, which is continuing Nancy awesome. Pelosi right. levels of spending, which we've already shown has caused inflation, massive increases in interest rates. We cannot but, but this sustain to me, that spending. This to me feels like this this scale yeah. that you pick you up and you drop a moderate off, or you right. get a moderate and then right. you lose a conservative, a fiscal. I think you. I think you need a leader though that's going to be transformative and that can bring in everybody. And we saw, you know, we had the limit save grow bill yep. that we were able to pass. Senate sat on it, but that was a bill exactly like you said that was like this. I mean, I I wanted more spending. I want want I wanted more spending cuts on it. And if there was a dollar more, I w- you know, you would have lost some of the the, the, the members on the on the right, the members on the le- on our on the left side of our aisle, our moderate side of our, our aisle were like, look, it's it's cutting spending too much. If it was one more dollar cut, they wouldn't. Right. I mean, it was a perfect bill. That is the kind of leadership that we need that's pulling us all together. We all agreed that we need to go back to pre-pandemic levels of spending, except for military, but that's what vets, I'm homeland I feel security. Like, I feel like the conversations that I have with people about what they want on speakers seem yeah. to be fairly 
the same. Yeah. I want less spending. I want regular order. For me, as a Texas representative, yep. the border is is key. And when we saw last weekend, you've had over over 20 Iranian terrorists that have breached our southern border and come into our country right now. When you have over 8 million people who have come into our country illegally since Joe Biden was elected, more than the population of 38 states, that's an issue. And I was very, very, you know, aggressive with Kevin McCarthy that we need to not only have our HR2 bill, but we also have to have a strategy dealing with our cartels. Right. Because otherwise you're just looking at the symptom, but you're not looking at the problem. And we need to have a, a, a strategy moving forward on that. I was hoping to get, get something on the floor before we left in August. It's now the middle of October and we still don't have a strategy. But on this it. is what I don't like. I think for a lot of people. And by the way, I think you get Democrat support on that as well. Well, that's OK. So here's the the. And let's just go with this for a second. We'll go back to the speaker. Every time I have a discussion, it seems like we're all in agreement. Border, security, issues about the cartel, fentanyl. Why, what is it, if you, when you tell people in Texas or other people who come, you come across, why isn't it getting done? Like, what, what is the hard part about just getting the 218? Never mind the Democrats. And I get maybe some of them could get forced to come on. But why can't Republicans say, here's an issue that we all agree on? Is that is that hard? Like, what prevents 218? The goal may be the same. The method to get there tends to be different. Um, and we've got a party that are independent thinkers. Our, right. our party is reflecting what we're hearing in the districts. You're not hearing the exact same thing in every but is district. The, is the, is My the, district is going to be much different sure, than one of the freshmen is, in New is, York's is the, district. Is the, is the maybe instead of everyone saying, here's my bill and here's your bill. Is it better to say, here's the five things that we all in conference agree on? The five. And, and then we'll, yeah. we'll start with that. We, we, we did that with our commitment to America. That was exactly what we did. It was 10 things that we laid out that we yeah. said we we're all supportive of. But again, it's, you know, the, the, the devil's in the detail. How are you getting there? I was very, you know, very forceful in our Texas border bill that I wanted something that attacked cartels. There was a question from some of our other members. If you consider the cartels as foreign terrorist organizations, are you opening up amnesty requests for people coming in the South? That's something that we have to answer. That, I mean, those are right. the kinds of questions that you have to ask and you've got to get good answers for wow. them moving forward. We could have the best ideas for legislation, but it's usually the unintended consequences exactly. of that legislation that's important. That does take time. So the goal I, I may be the same, but it's looking at the details that you put. It's in funny you bring that important. up. I talk about that politically all the time, that there are things that sometimes seem so blatantly obvious. Yeah. But the unintended consequences, yeah. both legislatively and politically, are where. And you're you, empowering the agencies to be able to make those differentiations, right. which has proven to be disastrous. When you look at the DOJ, when you look at the FBI, um, 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 CMS, IR, you know, the IRS, when they are given those tools with guidelines that are not specific, they tend to go off the rails. So are you worried, getting back to the speaker's race for a second, are you worried that this tactic of bringing it to the floor could result in the Democrats electing Hakeem Jeffries? No. Why? Because even the most moderate of our members has said they're not voting for Hakeem Jeffries. Okay. They do not have the majority. The, the Democrats do not have the majority. We will have a majority Republican speaker that's elected. I have no doubt about that. At so all. when it goes to the floor, if Hakeem Jeffries gets whatever, they have 212. And Jim Jordan gets, let's just say uh, he's 19 short right now. Let's say he gets 202. How, how did... We revert back into conference, have a conversation, and see where we go from there. But there's no way that we're going to have a Democrat speak, speaker. You know, so is there, there, there was... Over the weekend, Jeffries told several 
uh, media outlets that he was having informal conversations. Sure. I don't doubt. I don't doubt that. That's you're not worried members, that that four or five that, members that, that that those informal conversations mean that that they're talking about electing him for speaker. I or does he? Jeff, does Jeff he throw all of his members? We have, a, we have a closed border, yeah. so you know, I, I would I would I would caution folks to look in between the lines right. of what he's. So saying. there's no way yeah. that that he throws he tells his caucus to throw their lot in with some compromised Republican candidate. I don't know what a compromised Republican candidate looks Let's like. Let's say, I mean, pick, they say, hey, fine, we'll elect Beth Van Dyne. You agree no, to the don't following. don't do that to me, man. Huh? Don't put that bullseye on. I, no, 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 I know. <laughs> but that's what I, what I worry about is a bunch of four or five Republicans that say, fine, you'll elect Patrick McHenry. We'll only empower him for 30 days because we want to get these bills done. I think that we have the majority. Yeah. We need to act like we have a majority, which means getting our differences set aside figuring out how we can compromise within our conference and elect a Republican speaker. Are there conversations going on that say, if not Jordan, then here's who's next? That, I mean, this is the issue. I, I appreciate, though, that those conversations are happening now before we get to the floor versus what we saw what I mean, in are January. There, are there, are there 15... other members reaching out and say, hey, Congresswoman, if uh, if Jim doesn't get it, here's who I think you should. Like, Are we already getting to the next step? Or You've got a lot of people who will step up for leadership. Yeah. You have a lot of people who will step up for but leadership. But those conversations are happening. There is a. I'm, I'm sure those conversations yeah. are happening, but right now I, I have got a conversation I'm going to have with with uh, Jim Jordan you know, this afternoon. Yeah. That I just want to say how how what does your your path forward look like on our spending bill? Because we're in the middle right now of a continuing 45 day resolution. It's a 45 day continuing resolution, 45 day CR that ends on November 17th, which is when you know funding for the government stops. I don't want to see a continuation of Nancy Pelosi level spending. How can we get a continuing resolution that includes a, a priority on a strategy for the border that has to happen? We can't wait until April for that to happen and include spending cuts. How are we going to work as a leader? You have to have a plan moving forward on that. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What is your plan? We go to the floor tomorrow, uh, Jordan. Uh, my guess is, I mean, just looking at the people who have publicly come out and said, hell no, right? Well, the, one of those people were Mike, Mike, Mike Rogers, Rogers. And who came out this morning and said, look, I've had conversations right. with Jim. I'm supporting right. him now. So, but, but, I, I, you know, I, no, I get it. I get it. That, that's why that, we always caution people. Don't go out. I know. No, no, I get, and I agree. I think party, right? these guys who put themselves back themselves yeah. in a corner, this is the problem. But if just play the game for me for a second, if, if the first vote goes up, and he comes up short. Yeah. Does, should he go the McCarthy route, which is let's keep voting, or does he go the Scalise route and say, "Hey, I tried"? Or a third option is we 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 break, we go back into conference, and we talk about it. Okay. I think there's 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 and three options. And so, I, are you an option three person? Well, it depends what I hear from him. Right. You know, you know what 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 he wants to do on, on spending levels on the border. But look, I think I think he has been a phenomenal bulldog for our party. I think he is a strong leader. When you hear his his um, interviews with the media. I think he's a great, oh, yeah. he's a great voice for conservative values and for principles. I love what he has done. Does the South, I, for a while with, um, with Scalise, they were saying the South deserves a leader, right? Because yeah. you, the, the Republican majority goes through Texas and Alabama and Mississippi. 
do you want, would you rather, I mean, you, you know, you've got, you, you had Scalise and a lot of people said, oh, finally, someone from the, from the South. Is it a problem that now it goes back to the Ohio? I'm not looking at geography, man. Okay. I'm, looking, I'm, looking, I'm looking at principles. Right. <laughs> I'm looking at issues. What, what about and, yeah. the Texas delegation? You guys are... A, a and I big... supported Scalise, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, but but as a block, are you guys... The, I know that you've, you had a forum at one point. How much do you guys stick together as a voting block? Or is it yeah. Beth Van Dyne for herself, Pete Sessions for himself, and uh, you know, and Mike McCall for himself? Is it everyone for themselves? Or do you guys get together as a group and say, hey, let's make Texas a So block? last week, last week, as soon as this went down, we were the first group that actually had a, a candidate forum. So we heard from Jim Jordan, we heard from Kevin Hearn, and we heard from um, Steve Scalise, who came into our Texas, our Texas delegation launch and spoke with us. You know, two days after the, uh, you know, the, I guess it was like the day after we got there yeah. when all that stuff went down. You know, we wanted to immediately hear from people who were, who were running to be speaker. And in our priority, again, spending and what's going on at our border and how do you, how are you going to address it? Right. I think we need to get much stronger on what's, I know we need to get much stronger. We talk about what's happening in our border. You see cameras and what's, you know, you can see it, what's happening at our border. You hear it now from, from Democrat mayors, right. finally. You know, when I was a Republican I mayor say, were- in a town, I was pushing this years ago because we were seeing what was happening in our communities. The fact that we had schools that were opening that were already too packed because we didn't know who was living in our city. We didn't have enough housing. We didn't have enough um, um, water. Those are real life issues that hit at the local level. And finally, I can't tell you how many of our Democrat mayors came up to me personally and were really rude. You need to be welcome. Oh, you yeah. need to be a sanctuary until city they deal with it. until they deal with it, yeah. until it's in their backyard and they see it. So I want to ask you about this one last spending question that I do want to touch on, on Israel. We are now closing in on 30 days before we face another shutdown. Yep. Okay. You mentioned Jordan's plan for a clean CR. What, what should we do as we get close? Because the idea of passing these appropriations bills one by one might be a great goal. But the reality is, even if you passed all eight, the Senate isn't going to do anything or have time to act on what should happen as we get closer to 30 days. So a couple of things. I don't think that a Republican majority House needs to be thinking like a Democrat-led Senate. That's not the bills that we should okay. be passing. We need to be passing conservative bills that, that we, on the, on the campaign trail, what we promised our constituents we were going to sure. support. For us to say, well, we're only going to pass what we think the Senate will pass is already- Oh, I we've agree. Already, we've oh, already yeah, yeah. lost. Correct. Why now, are we worried you about ought, What I also know for a fact is we had a bill on the floor last Friday, week at, to 10 days ago. We had a bill on the floor that got us spending levels for- spending for our, for the funding for the government for 30 days, but that also included 30% cut in discretionary spending. And it included a border bill. It included forcing HR2 through right. before we could get the 30 day um, funding levels. That was a strong bill. What I know for a fact is we had 21 Republicans who, who voted that down. Right. Those but 21 that me- Republicans are not going to support a clean CR. If they couldn't support that bill, correct. So th- his his plan is dead on Fine, arrival. Fine, fair enough. But that's what I'm saying. That bill, you're right. I mean, cut spending, strong on the border. Yeah. I was like, this is we should take this deal and run. I, I supported it. I t- totally but, but supported I, it. And I still understand if you're a conservative, those are the priorities that we should, that we've been talking about: strong border, border security, cutting spending, yep. getting the size of government down. But that's the, again to my question: yeah. What happens when that clock ticks down to thirty? 
what you've seen is people who are pushing for the 12 clean appropriation bills. We've it's already not going to happen. We've already done 70%. It's sitting, it's lamenting in the Senate. We've done our job on 70%. We've got 30% more that right. we've got to put out. I, I have I have okay, all but, the faith that, in the world uh, that if we're not wasting our time on this, that we could be doing that before November 16th. I think we can get that, that done and we can get that so out. So you think if, if just we pick a speaker tomorrow night, that the rest of the appropriations could get done? Without a doubt. Okay. And I get the mentality. Yeah. I'm with you on this. Yeah. Don't worry about what the, but they won't. Okay. So my point is- You have to have hand going into a negotiation. So you're saying Giving jam up, I'm not saying jam them. I'm saying as a Republican majority in the House, we've been able to stop some terrible legislation from coming through. We shouldn't be passing terrible right. legislation simply because we want the Senate to be able to accept it. And I you think if we had had 45 days and we could have messaged them and yeah. said, okay, the first bill is defense. Here's our priorities. Here's our spending. Here's yeah. what we've cut. Boom. And now suddenly they, we don't. Already, we've reason, already done it. Huh? We've already done our defense. Right. But my point is, is on these remaining ones, I just worry that, that there, we're not going to have time to go out there and say, this is what we're fighting for. And this is why you don't have the time, time timetable that you did because it's all been scrunched. Yeah. So we send it over. The Senate, and I get, I, I'm with you, like 100%. I don't really care what Chuck Schumer wants. Here's what our priorities are. Here's what we're sending. Force them to either act. I care what Chuck, Chuck Schumer wants because I've seen what's happened under his leadership. Right. I've seen that we've gotten 18% increase in our inflation. I've seen, you know, 40 plus percent increase in energy costs. I've seen what's happening, you know, for, for interest rates and people who put money down and thought that they were going to be able to buy a house now find that that's an impossibility. I've seen what's happened at our border. I've seen what's happened in Afghanistan. We've seen what Chuck Schumer's leadership has led right. to. We as House members shouldn't be trying to think like a Chuck Schumer. We should know how he's going to think so that we yes. can, right, this is chess. Yeah. Let me shift to Israel because I, I, we only have a few minutes left. What do you think of how our response has been and what should it be? I think our response is, uh, uh, when you say our response, are you talking about the administration's yeah, response? Yeah, the administration. I think it was weak at first. Yeah. I think, um, I think it has gotten a little bit stronger. I think we could do better. Um, when we have 30 now Americans that we know have been killed over in Israel, we don't know how many are being held um, hostage. You know, how many were, were dragged, you know, against their will, possibly injured into Gaza, you know, to be used as human shields or to be used as negotiating tactics. I know that this administration gave, you know, $6 billion for hostages to Iran. Um, would you set that precedent up? That makes us weak. Right. I've seen what's happened in Do Afghanistan. You agree that, that I've seen what's happened in is, Russia. That, I mean, I, I personally believe Russia went into Ukraine, Hamas fired rockets because they sensed they perceive a weakness. weakness in the Oval Office, without a doubt. Yeah. And I think, again, the fact that we, we we free up $6 billion in funding to Iran, who we know is training in supporting Hamas. They don't, they don't even, our they Secretary even, of State yeah. says it. Yep. He, I mean, literally, I They don't shy away from it. They don't shy away from it. They said, this is what they have a history of doing. And we're yeah. going, then you gave them $6 billion, thinking what, they're going to buy Girl Scout cookies? I, I just, yeah. I, I worry that, Going forward, China looks at that and says, yeah. oh, perfect time to go in and get Taiwan. Taiwan. Yeah. I think we have seen this administration, which was so radically different. Are you worried from the last though about, like, I worry we're obviously a lot focused on what's going on in Gaza. I also worry about Iran in the north yeah. coming in. I mean, well, Hezbollah is pushing right. down from the northern, yeah, from the northern border without a doubt. Do you think that, I mean, I, I think that the focus media wise is so 
much in Gaza that we're not ignoring a, what's happening. Ignore, from exactly. Yeah. And I think that's where the, this administration, to your point about the weakness, I think that's the problem that we're going to have something happen up there and no one's even looking at it. It's potential. I mean, I know IDF is looking at it. I know Israel and right. intelligence. I know our intelligence is looking at it. But I will tell you that it, there is a grave concern. As a member of Congress, do you feel like you're getting briefed appropriately from this administration in terms of what they're, you, you mentioned? We had a briefing last week. Yeah. It was, it, it was fine. But I mean, some of the questions that we're bringing up, obviously, you know, it was a, it was a, a secret briefing. We, you know, in, information was shared that's not being shared to the public. Um, we're getting information, but we should have gotten that information, I think, a little bit longer ago. Um, I, and I know that Israel wishes that they had had Do you have constituents over there that are trying to get home? Yeah. And what what is the response? I know one of your colleagues, Corey Mills, went over there. I just There's talked to crucial... him last night. Yeah. yeah. He, he's he's in phenomenal work. He's working. But why is it that folks I mean, we saw this in Afghanistan, Operation Dynamo and others like, what is it? We can let everybody in through the southern border and give them a hotel room. We can't get people out. They're actually, so, so this is a little bit different than Afghanistan. They're not shutting down the airports, but we have seen, as you've seen, commercial airlines that are concerned about the risks to, oh, their, yeah. to their pilots, you know, to their, to their, their flight attendants that are saying, hold on, we're, we're, we're going to stop that. So now the Biden administration is chartering planes to go in and get people out. Um, you know, Corey Mills, as you m- mentioned, is doing a great job of doing the same thing and getting people out. Um, I've, I've talked to, um, um, a mom whose son is over there. I talked to him. Um, they, he got out on actually on a Turkish flight before they before they canceled them. So there's still options of being able to get out. Some of the families were concerned. They were fearful. They didn't want to actually drive to the airport because they were scared. Right. They were hunkering down in their in their in their homes in their apartments. So what do you what do you think of how the administration has handled the, the response? I mean, in terms of getting people out, worried about it's the too emergency. little too late. Yeah. It's too little too late. The the complete you know void of leadership. But in don't the, you think it's I, I just what led I, to this. I, and I don't like the juxtaposition to me about the ineptitude at the southern border. Yeah. They can't protect us there. They can't get Americans out. Didn't you hear? I, I, haven't they said that the southern border is closed? Secure. It's secure. I mean, you keep hearing this. Eight million people have right. crossed illegally, including you know, at least two hundred now from the terrorist watch list, but it's secure. It absolutely is not. They are they, they 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 turn a blind eye, which is why with HR two and some of the other bills that we're pushing forward, we are forcing Homeland Security to have to do its job. However, unless we have a plan to put that onto a vehicle that has to get passed, they're going to continue to 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 uh, have a blind eye to it. Which is why you're seeing many of us on the conservative side say we have to have that as part of the continuation. Right. For well, funding. as a former mayor, I don't, want somebody... to, I don't want to keep funding Homeland Security if they're not doing their right. job. Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to The Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I, I always think that people in Texas and Arizona have such a different perspective. And as a former mayor that- Well, in New York, certain have that perspective. Of course they are, Chicago. but that's because, yeah, but yeah. they get a, a taste of it. They're watching right. the trailer of the movie and saying, I have a problem. Right. But what, 
for someone who lives in Ohio, in Massachusetts, tell those people what, what should they, why should they care about what's happening at the Southern border? What threats, what concerns do you, tell you have the threats, and see? The threats that I see, I mean, just, just most concerning right now with what we see in Israel is people coming into our country that want to do the same thing. We have seen the effects of 9-11. We have been lucky that we have not had right. that kind of terrorism within our country. Having an open border, you can see that is opening up as an invitation to come in. I, it is no doubt that we have already seen people who come in who want to do our country harm that are now living amongst us. That is a danger. Secondary to that is what's happening in all of our communities with fentanyl. You know, the fact that you've right. got all of this illegal activity happening, that our kids are being targeted and our kids are being murdered. You've got sex trafficking, you've got human trafficking happening in our backyards. And then you, you further, furthermore, more complicating is when you've got people who are living in your city that you don't know as a mayor, how do you plan for? <laughs> when you've got people who are speaking 32 different languages in your schools and you are ill-prepared to be able to teach the kids that you currently have, on top of that, adding those. When you, when you don't have room, you don't have seats in schools, when you don't have adequate housing, and so you start seeing people who are homeless now, and then leading to pettier crimes. And all of this builds up. Eight million people have entered our country illegally since Biden got in. You want to talk about the dangers that exist here? And then we start seeing the dangers that are existing around the world. We need to have strong leadership, but we also have to force the agencies to do their job, which is a practicality. Congress is responsible for that. Ultimately, we've got the power of the purse. And if we have to do that through our bills and saying you're not getting funded, if you don't do your job, but we have to have a speaker, we have to have a leader, we have to have a conference that is willing to push for, the, for those yeah. issues. L last thing I want to ask you before we go. You were a mayor. You served in the Trump administration before you got elected to Congress. What, what, have you, what have your impressions been of Congress that you may or may not have thought before you got here? Have you, have you found it more effective than you thought it was, less effective, more dysfunctional? Um, you have got 435 <clears throat> distinct voices. <laughs> all type A personalities have all gotten here through some kind of a fight for, for a campaign or what, what have you. Um, we don't talk enough. We um, have our five minutes of, you know, whether or not it's in a hearing or on the House floor, you know, one minute, two minutes, we don't have enough actual debate. And I think that's what's missing. Um, everything is so overly structured, it's almost as if it works against us. Right. But we have to have those debates. And whether or not, you know, a lot of the debates seem to be happening behind closed doors. When we have a, when we have a, a committee hearing, you know, we have five minutes, each member has right. five minutes, but the debate that, that is lacking in between. Because we may be there, we may be repeating what's already been said, but we're not somehow moving the ball forward. And a lot of it uh, is, is just lack of being here and being together. When I go home, I'm listening to my, my constituents. I'm having town halls, um, you know, town hall meetings, you know, online, which we've actually found. We have so much more participation right. when you have like a telephone, right. telephone town hall because people are able to do it while they're still at home. But when I go home, you know, we're doing roundtables, we're doing meet and greets, um, we're doing tours and we're talking to the people. You can't not do that. You have to be home in your district. But the time that we spent in D.C., you know, last week, it was a lot of waiting around. Right. When we are here, we need to get together and we need to be debating. I think that that would be much more preferable to then just voting.
Interesting. Okay. And and by the way, getting an opportunity to see the, what the bills look like before you. Oh, that's hey, that's crazy. You want to read these things? I, I want to read them. Oh, I want to know. I want. Nuts. You know, when I was mayor, we used to have meetings. We'd have a, we'd ha- we would have you know, the the committee meetings. You'd learn about what the legislation was that we're, you're pushing through. You would have a work session beforehand where whoever was, and staff could present it. You could ask questions. You can get right. further information. And then you'd have a a, a you know your, your council meeting where you, again you debate. They could be harsh, nasty debates. But they could last as long as necessary to be able to get to an endpoint. Because what we knew by the end of the night, sometimes it was early morning, we were going to have a vote. You all knew where you stood right. and you all knew why you were voting on it. <laughs> we don't have that in Congress. All right. That's a great place to end. Thanks for coming in the studio. Appreciate you. Thanks for like uh, you ditch, good luck. By the way. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, looking forward to hearing about this meeting with Jim Jordan later. Thank Thanks. you. Thank you. All right. Well, that was a lot to break down with Congresswoman Van Dyne. Uh, obviously, she said it right there. She's going to talk to Jim Jordan. So we'll get an update real quick. Uh, tomorrow, I'm sure, as far as where those votes stand. But I'm looking forward now to bringing in friend of the show, the host of the Rubin Report, Dave Rubin. All right, Dave, welcome back to the show. Always great to see you. Sean, it's good to be with you. So you've been very outspoken on what's happening in Israel. Give me um, your assessment of how the Biden administration is handling the response uh, to what Hamas started. Sure. Well, for just 30 seconds, I can give you a quick recap of really what's going on here, and then we can talk about the administration. I would say this is nothing short of an attempted second Holocaust period. These people do not want any Jew living in the ancient land of Israel, where Jesus from Nazareth was from, uh, which the entire world knows that there's a little connection between Jews and, say, Jerusalem, where the Western Wall is and the ancient temple. And every time you go there, and Sean, I'm sure you've been there probably several times, you know, they're excavating. It's an incredible country because they're always building up because they're a technological powerhouse. So they're building incredible cities, but they're also always building down in that they're excavating and unearthing history. And they find ancient cups with Hebrew writing where you can go to the Judean hills, now unfortunately commonly known as the West Bank, the Judean hills where the story of Hanukkah, that whether you're religious or not, everyone knows is the story of the oil and the eight nights of the Jews defending Judea. You're not gonna believe who lived in Judea from the Greek invaders, but her history, you know, history has been upended. Uh, there is nothing to be clear, and then I'll talk about the administration. There is nothing the Israelis can offer Hamas other than complete submission and a second annihilation that will make them happy. That is what this is about. It has nothing to do with the territorial dispute. There was never a state of Palestine. There was the British Empire 75 years ago before the modern state of Israel. They offered to split the land. The Jews said yes, the Arabs said no. There weren't even people known as the Palestinians at that time. The Palestine Post, which existed, was a Jewish newspaper that the day Israel won the 1948 war became the Jerusalem Post. It was Jews that worked there. The Palestinian soccer team was almost all Jews, et cetera, et cetera. As far as the, but we could do a history lesson for another show, Sean. Um, I'd like that as far actually. As the, just, just, I, I, I love it because I think I was having a conversation with a family member over the weekend, just so you know. And there's a lot of people who have really drawn into this story for unfortunate reasons because of what's happening. But I think the context that you're providing is important because there is a lot of misinformation out there. And so just to be clear, to salute what you're doing is that there's a lot of people, um, you know, because of our education system, because of other issues that don't have the context. And it's super helpful what you're doing. So thank you. 
Thanks. You know, I'm trying. You know, I know we have limited time here, so I'm trying to do a lot in a, in a short way, and I'm talking very fast. But I would welcome anyone watching this to fact check anything I said. There was never an independent state known as Palestine. There was the British Mandate for Palestine. That was an area of the earth that Jews lived, and and they were again, they were not Palestinians. They were Arabs. So then, at the 1947 partition, when the, when the British Empire was falling, they said, "Hey, let's just split the land. You guys take some, and you guys take some." The Jews said yes, which was a smaller amount of land than Israel now. The Arabs said no, five Arab armies launched a war, they lost, and then Israel ended up bigger. Israel has repeatedly given land back for peace. Israel had Sinai, Sinai, which by the way, borders Gaza. So if you if you are concerned, if anyone watching this is concerned about the people of Gaza, it's interesting because Egypt now, Israel gave Sinai back to Egypt for peace, which largely has existed for decades now. Notice that Egypt is not opening up the border with Sinai. Sinai's empty. I've been to Sinai. It's, Sinai is probably 50 or 100 times larger than Israel itself. They could put all of the Gazans there and build a, build a society tomorrow, and, and everyone could fund it, and then the headache would be over. But you know, Sean, there's a try, they're trying to extend the headache, right? That nobody wants the Palestinian people. It's, it's very unfortunate for the average Palestinian, which I obviously make a differentiation between the average Palestinian and, and, you know, the average Hamas member. But Hamas wants to extend the war. They want dead Israelis and they want dead Palestinians because you can even see in the weeks since this has happened, you can see the mainstream narrative flip. Even though there's American hostages, there's Israeli hostages, we have videos of burned babies and raped women, suddenly the media is going, oh, but look at the Palestinians. But it's Hamas who's literally firing rockets out of hospitals. We know that their command center is under the biggest hospital in all of Gaza. Uh, they have, I mean, have you seen, Sean, I mean, out of all of the horrific videos, you know, the, the butchering of unimaginable, uh, it's just awful. Have you seen, the, the one that got me the most was there is a video of a couple of Hamas guys with babies, holding the babies. Did you see that? The babies are is not this dead the, yet. Is this, did you, is this the one that you posted? Yeah, I yeah. posted it a couple of days ago. Yeah. That to me, and you know, I'm a father of two young boys, one year old. I mean, that the chilling idea of these these demons, and they are demons holding these babies. And note that AOC isn't calling for the hostages to be returned. AOC or and Ilhan Omar and our Hamas caucus here, they're not calling for uh, Hamas to stop firing rockets. Even right now, as everyone's saying, Israel should de-escalate. They're still firing rockets endlessly. They use their own people as as human shields. But what this all boils down to more than anything else is, does the West want to stand up for the West or not? And for all of the people, and, I, and I'm sympathetic to this point, I really am, Sean, you know, look, I, I happen to be Jewish, so this one obviously cuts close right. to the bone. But for someone that's not Jewish, or you don't care about religion, you're completely secular, you don't care about history, you don't care about geography, if you think that if they cause a second Holocaust and you get rid of the 8 million Jews living in Israel, you think that the people that are protesting in London and in Paris, the thousands of people that they've imported who want nothing to do with a modern uh, democratic uh, Britain or France, do you think that they're all going to be like, okay, we're good, we're going home now? Right. No, it, it will be the beginning of the whole thing. So, so it's, it's insane. It's a crazy thing. But I think as Israel goes, goes the West and uh, look, we, we better stand up for the right thing. I, I think two things. One, I don't, to your point, I don't really care if you don't appreciate the geopolitical strategic importance of Israel, the religious thing on a human level. What the, what is going on is disgusting and it is barbaric. And the idea that just as a human being, when they chanted death to Israel, death to America, I just stopped and say, okay, if you can look at that image and know that it could happen to you in Ohio or Montana 
or Florida, because once they come in, that's the same thing they're going to do to our, I mean, at that level, care, whatever well, it by takes. The way, Sean, I just do, think, do you think that, do you think that maybe we should have had uh, more attention paid to our border for the last two years? Even Christopher Ray right now, our FBI, the head of the FBI director is saying, oh, you know, well, we're not exactly sure who came in and who knows what's going to happen here. Let's not forget, Sean. I mean, this is chilling as hell, but they planned this thing. We're now being told they planned this thing for two years. Well, we've had an open border for two years. What yep. is going on here in the United oh, that's States? That's what I'm telling you. Wait till it comes here. So, so in, to answer your question now, which was about the administration, uh, I think that Biden's first statement was pretty good. I think Israel has a duty to protect its citizens. And no, look, we all know also no country on earth would be asking for a proportional response, asked for a proportional response or anything else. This only applies when Israel, uh, when it comes to Israel, right? So, okay, you want a proportional response? Can we find uh, some Israeli soldiers to rape and murder and burn 1,300 Palestinians? It's insane. It's absolutely insane. Is it proportional to drop bombs on Hiroshima, nuke bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, or do you do it to end a war? Uh, every rule that they, they seemingly apply to Israel doesn't apply to any other nation. And I think the Israelis have just had it, quite frankly. So what, what is the way forward? I mean, how you, you've got this situation where American media are saying, oh, we've got to be careful when we go in there. Um, and to your point, these guys in Hamas are not stupid. They put the hospital, like you said, they, 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 they know what they're doing with the tunnels, with the hostages. There was a commentator I heard this morning that said Israel's had someone taken hostages and it took them five years to find them. You think that they're going to uh, find these 30, 40, whatever people. I mean, these guys are not, they are, they are serious about how they fight. They make human beings, human shields. How does this, what, I, I don't even know how you say, how does it end? What's the way forward? Well, because I, I don't, I feel like we're in too deep. Right. Well, look, first off, if there's any chance you can save these hostages, you have to try to do it. And let's no. not forget, let's not forget, we don't know how many American hostages are still there. They also, they killed 14 Thai citizens. I mean, there's, there's people from virtually, you know, probably about 20 different countries that are either dead or hostages right now. So every country should care about this. Again, whether you care about Jews or not, or Israel or history or whatever, like we do have nations that have citizen, citizens that you should care about. Uh, but how does it end? I mean, in essence, and, and this is, I hope the world will wake up to this. Egypt and Gaza share a border. Yep. That border has two walls. It has a 20-foot cement wall underground. Egypt should allow their Palestinian brothers in. You let them in, let Israel deal with Hamas however they have to, pray that they don't lose thousands of their young men in the quest to save these babies, but they will do everything that they possibly can. And, and in some respects, I mean, this, this sounds extreme, but in some respects, nobody can live in Gaza anymore. You know, no, you know, Gaza should basically be a demilitarized zone between Egypt and Israel and let them have Sinai or be integrated into Egypt. And by the way, the, the world, is, which apparently is very sympathetic to the Palestinians, can give Egypt a whole bunch of money to deal with it. But, but nobody can live there anymore. No society could deal with this. It, uh, uh, Sean, imagine if one person you knew was beheaded or burned to death or whatever. Or imagine if a rocket, one rocket, not thousands, one rocket was shot from Toronto in Canada to Detroit in the United States, we would bomb Mexico. So no country would put up with this at all. And they're gonna have to do things that are probably yeah. not that pleasant. But you know, you know this, Sean, they are literally dropping leaflets right now, warning yes. people, which no other nation would do, get out of these houses, we have to bomb here because we know Hamas is there. Hamas is blowing up the roads to stop letting people move yeah. south. 
They, they, are, they are trying to kill as many Palestinians as possible. It's Hamas. Just, it's disgusting. Dave Rubin, so much that I wanted to get into today with you politically, but obviously this is something that you are very, very knowledgeable on and passionate about, rightly so. And uh, I appreciate you making time for us today. Sean, anytime. And uh, when, when are we going to play? Uh, what did we do last night? Foosball. What did we do? Hat cornhole. What did we do? We did cornhole last night. That would be more fun than this. You know, I led you off the hook because I was going to talk to you about your old buddy, Sank, running for president and primary Biden. But we'll get to that next time. No comments. <laughs> Goodbye. All right. We covered a lot of ground, especially for a Monday. We didn't even ease back into it. We jumped right into the deep end. There's a lot going on. I have a feeling I'm getting more of a sense that Jim Jordan uh, may have the votes tomorrow. So we will keep you up to date on that. But obviously, I wanted to break down more of that Republican debate. RFK running as independent. What does that mean? Latest presidential financial numbers are in. How much money everyone raised. Uh, so a lot to break down. But obviously, two great guests today. Dave Rubin breaking down what's really going on in Israel and Beth Van Dyne talking to us about both Israel and what's happening with that race for speaker. Later in the week, we've got Tony Katz, Carol Swain, Morgan Ortegas, a lot to take, bring your way. Thanks for being with us. Please remember to subscribe, especially on Apple Podcasts and YouTube. We will see you back here tomorrow on The Sean Spicer Show.